Hey, hey. Wow. Hi there. Hi, Hi Lindsay. Hi. Logan, you're here hey. too. You just dropped off. Uh, you dropped in a little bit later there. Just a second. I have to highlight that. Okay. <laughs> no, not funny. Okay, good. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today we have episode seventy-two. Very, very special guest. We got Lindsay McComb, and you are Indigo Lake House, Lindsay. That's me. Yeah. It's amazing. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the show. I'm just gonna play the intro. Sure. Who's typing there? Logan, are you typing? Savagely typing. <laughs> so noisy. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Yeah, I'm great too. How are you? I was surprised. It was a pretty warm day today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we walked Another out the door one. around nine o'clock and you could feel the sun burning the skin. So. Mm. I went in the car and I, I, I drove away and my hands almost, I could not leave them on the steering wheel. Yeah. That's how hot it got. <laughs> Some people use... We're not, so, sorry, go we're ahead. not supposed to complain. We're not supposed to complain though, are we? No, no, we're not allowed. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not allowed. No, this, we're not. Are we complaining? No. We're just... <laughs> Some people use a screen, right? In front of the window. Yeah. And I've always wondered if that's effective. But I guess it must be. I don't know. Yeah. My hands were burning today, but I'm not complaining. Before, like most cars, all they had was like leather or vinyl seats. And yeah, if you left them out too long, you couldn't even sit on them, right? Oh, yeah. I see. So, Lindsay, we came across you uh, actually on Instagram. Uh, You've been been posting their amazing work. And for anybody who doesn't know... Um, they must have. They must not live in Thunder Bay, I guess. You do all this um, upcycling, refurbishing of furniture. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you found me on Instagram. Makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Instagram is a totally different ball game than Facebook. It seems. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah, it's a lot more as a visual medium, right? So. Yeah, even even the people that are on there, it's mm-hmm. just like if I find for us by the giant in particular too, we get a little bit more drive from Instagram than from Facebook. It's funny. Yeah, and for, yeah, I could believe that. And, and for 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 the longest, we didn't even we didn't even join up on Instagram because I was like, I'm not going to handle another social media. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been doing this for a little while, right? Yeah, um, I've been doing it for I guess it's been two years now. Oh, very nice. How did you mm-hmm. How did you stumble? Did you you are like Did you study interior design? I didn't. Um, that was a thought when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, you know, I went a different way. Um, but yeah, that did cross my mind. It's always sort of played a part. Uh, in my adult life, I guess I would say, but I guess if I could, you know, trace my origin stories and how I even got started with Indigo Lake House, um, I think I could probably take it all the way back to childhood, mm, really. Okay. Yeah, like uh, when I was growing up, um, my dad would ask me to 
help out with renovation projects around the house. And, you know, I can remember specifically helping build some plywood shelves in the garage with my, with my dad. Oh, yeah. And mm. yeah, you know, those, mm-hmm, yeah. those stories. <laughs> how, how old were you then? <laughs> um, you know, anywhere around 10, 12 type of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I credit, I give credit to my dad. Um, he, he made me do all the things that I guess we typically think of as boy things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's definitely helped me throughout my entire life. Right. So in doing that, I was using tools at a young age, cordless drill, hammer, right. screwdriver, yeah. et cetera. And I nice. just got comfortable with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when I moved out, uh, he bought me my first toolbox and like all the basic tools that I would need to make some minor fixes around my apartment. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years and my husband and I bought our first house and it was a fixer upper. Mm. How, how bad? Um, how bad was it? Was it pretty bad? Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> it, it had nice. um, red, red and yellow shag carpet. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Wood yeah, paneling. Called, wood paneling. Yeah, we called it. What did we, what did we call them? The carpet. We called it the Muppets because it was just like. I mean, it could have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It could have been alive. Yeah, we even found a rake for the carpet in um, one of the cupboards, and it was like, "Wow!" Can you imagine that used to be a sink. The carpet. Wow. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. So, so that house had two apartments. We fully renovated them. Um, we moved on to another house, renovated all those apartments. There was three in there, and fast forward to our current house. Um, which we, we still live in and we're still, still renovating. But in the meantime, when, um, I had purchased a piece of antique furniture off of a friend and it was an old oak buffet, um, solid wood. It was her grandmother's, um, some broken things here and there. Um, and I thought, yeah, that would be a really cool project. And then I realized I have no idea what I'm doing, (laughs) how to fix it, where to start. Um, And I thought that that probably wasn't the best piece to start with, especially since, you know, it was my friend's grandmother and Mm. I wanted to, to treat it, treat it right. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. So um, back to the house though, uh, you know, all of our renovations came to a screeching halt um, because we had a baby and you might not yeah. know what that's like a little bit yeah. and yeah. yeah and everything was on hold and that's when I sort of realized that all this renovating that I'd been doing um while it had been sort of a means to an end to climb up the property ladder it was also my creative outlet okay yeah you yeah. know I was busy designing creating kitchens bathrooms etc wow and then it was then it was gone it was all gone and I felt like uh, I'd lost sort of like a part of me, which a lot of new parents have those, those yeah. feelings for, you know, whatever their hobby or activity is. Right. Yep. So that's where my mind sort of went back to that buffet, it drifted back there. Mm. And I thought, I thought maybe I could still do home transformations, but on almost like a, a micro scale, let's gotcha. say, um, transforming furniture. And it might be a bit quieter, like I could maybe do it and get away with that stuff during my baby's nap time. So, yeah, so this is what I rationalized. And um, so I decided I would start with another piece as opposed to my friend's grandmother's piece um, as sort of my my guinea pig. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I would just, you know, buy this piece off of Kijiji. It wasn't going to be a piece for my home because I didn't want to, if I ruined it, I, I didn't want to have like feelings attached right. to it basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I could do whatever I want to it. And, you know, if it worked out great, I would, I would sell it because I didn't really need another dresser in my own house um but really no i didn't (laughs) i didn't so so if it didn't work out if it was a total flop i could just take it to the dump okay yeah so i like um, that yeah that was the plan that was the that's sort of how it all got hashed out so it was like it was a trial and error on that piece uh for sure and i think i redid it like three times Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot about the importance of prep, yeah. <laughs> prepping a piece properly. Um, and the, you know, the, the two times that it didn't work, the paint told me and I was like, ah, you know, pulling my hair out, but eventually it, it worked out great. And, um, someone immediately bought it and that first customer happened to be my mom. So <laughs> very nice. So yeah. there it was, that was, you know, the first Indigo Lake house piece and, cool. Funny enough, I still haven't painted that original antique buffet. Mm. Um, but I'm, I, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when it's a piece for your own house. I feel like I um, struggle a bit more to decide, like, what color do I want? And, yeah. mm. you know, how do I want to make this look? And, which I, I don't have that those anxieties when it comes to just painting a piece that I'm going to sell. Um, I can just sort of let my imagination run wild. Right. But um, I think I'm ready now, like um, two years later, (laughs) I'm ready. And um, so I finally started prepping that piece uh, about a week ago. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to do it guys. I'm finally going to do it. Nice. I like that. (laughs) It's just like uh, an artist, right? He has this painting and he has a sketch done, but he, maybe she or he and they 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 don't know if it's ready yet and they wait for that (laughs) mood to come in i i I like that really nice i have a good story on my first home i bought when you said yours was a fixer-upper yeah we bought we bought only on location and uh the house was inside was toast Mm -hmm. and the windows and the roof was good that's it and then um they (laughs) we just we actually bought it like without even seeing it because it was just the location oh wow and that time yeah yeah, we put the offer in it went through and then afterwards we looked at it and we said yeah okay let's do this not knowing how much work it will be (laughs) and then lisa's mom came over the first time after we moved in like a day and then she Uh just cried (laughs) (laughs) because it was so bad (laughs) uh but you know they take a lot of work it takes yeah. a lot of work to renovate a house yes. 100 percent, yeah and you know i would do it again for the first one because you learn so much yes. yeah 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 i bought this home depot one two three book and you just mm-hmm. you try to do your best and you learn on the fly and you go yep yeah and you do better next time right yes yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. that's the whole yeah. point yeah yeah. yeah. And I, I find it's funny when, when you do your own renovations, um, you can see the spots where in your mind you went wrong or mm-hmm. there's, you know, little flaws or whatever. I mean, for me, they always sort of stick out, right? You Every time you go by them, you're like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But the thing is, unless it's major, no one else can see those things. That's yeah. Right. I think that's very true. 
and also like the time frame you can it, for us it took us almost three years and then everything was done wow because we yeah. were living in it too right yes yeah that's hard yeah, it's very hard yeah we stripped it to the bones yeah. it was just the stats was left and then we started over well i know a couple of people they just they they buy a home and then have a trailer outside too and then that's they just renovate the house and live in the trailer till it's done oh wow and that can be pretty rough mm. especially if you're kids and <laughs> that fun stuff it sort of pushes you to get it done doesn't it yes yeah it does as opposed to living in a house with that's undone for 20 plus years yeah. very true it's nice i would do the home the trailer thing too if it's like really <clears throat> messy why not yeah, exactly. Yeah, it helps. So you're gonna you're gonna finish off this very special piece soon, and um, I, I personally can't wait to see that. And now that you told this story, it seems very. Uh, I would just want to see it when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> how how long does it usually take when you pick up a piece and then you you start on it? Uh that's sort of difficult to say because um I only work on furniture in my free time which okay. uh it, there's not really a lot of that available to me. Um also you know when I'm painting you, you need to let the paint dry for a certain amount of time between yeah. coats or or top coat or you know whatever there's there's sort of like waiting time, right? Mm-hmm um that you have to account for so you know it can take me anywhere from a week to finish a piece to sometimes as long as like three weeks depending on what i'm doing to it how much time i have that type of thing Mm. is there when you you i can actually i for my my personal opinion if i look at your um pieces of your artwork is off your furniture that you're doing your interior design it's like it has a certain signature to it it's like a, your style i can see that like if i would see a piece i would say oh that's 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 looks, looks like slimsies oh yeah is that something like that comes along and you acquire over the while or is this something like is it you go and sometimes you check out other trends or is it just like it's coming within mm-hmm. you well, I mean, I think I I have my go-to inspirations, just like everyone does who's creative. Um, but I do find that I am starting to sort of have a bit of a signature style, like you're describing. Um, like, I it, on almost every piece, I like to keep a little bit of some wood grain showing. Mm. Um, it's usually the top, but not always. If I'm, you know, if I'm doing a dresser or, or a buffet or something. Uh, depends what the state of the top is before I start um, and whether it'll look good at the end, right? Um, That's true. And then the rest tends to be painted. Um, I do like that combination of, of wood and paint. Yes. Yeah. I'll... So I'm I'm guessing that's what you're picking up on when you say signature style. Yeah, it is. You can actually, I think it is. I don't know, Logan, did you see it? No, yeah, no. It's different. Like, um, like I do, I've been around my fair share of wood. Um, but yeah, no, like the way I'm um, just on your Facebook page, the couple of items you have there are, I'd say, quite unique. Mm-hmm. What is usually out there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to come by those pieces of furniture? Or is this just like you have to know what you're doing and you just find them everywhere? 
I would say there's a bit of an ebb and flow mm. um, because I get my pieces from all over the place. And uh, some people think I have like a supplier. Um, I don't. <laughs> just, just around the corner. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like some people, I, I've, I can't even tell you how many times people message me and they're like, can you get this from, from your supplier or your dealer or whatever? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no but <laughs> um that's yeah, awesome I, though i usually have to tell people to have some patience like sometimes i might stumble across the piece that they want right away yeah. and other times it's you know okay. a month or more um but yeah. yeah it's it's an ebb and flow of getting pieces i'd say okay so people that have a certain uh, furniture piece in mind and they love what you're doing they they could reach out to you and say hey this is something i've been thinking about um, yeah, I do get quite a few of those requests. And um, hmm. so I try, I try and keep track of people and what they're interested in. Um, and then if, if they seem like they're very, very interested, um, I'll sort of give them like a, the right of first refusal uh, okay, for, an up, yeah. for an upcoming piece and, and go down the list. That's kind of my, my style at the moment. So. Mm -hmm. That sounds like but that, people that's are not, like sorry go ahead no sorry it sounds like people just want your stuff now <laughs> it sounds like yeah it it seems like that lately honestly um, i have to chime in there for a second sorry Lindsay. honestly i find like furniture in thunder bay if you want yeah. something nice now with barewood furniture gone it's like i find it's hard to get furniture that is like mm -hmm. within a certain price range and it has a certain quality to it oh, i gotcha yeah It does seem that way. There's, yeah, yeah I would agree. Mm. So, because I find like, I always, I'm from Europe, right? Sometimes I still remember Ikea. We used to have that. I know we don't have it here, but I think there's one in Winnipeg, I think maybe. Yeah, there mm -hmm. definitely is. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you ever have those meatballs from Ikea, Logan? <laughs> what what does ikea not do <laughs> no i've never heard of ikea meatballs they're pretty good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. is it just literally like a buffet with meatballs or what they have all sorts of food there they actually oh, have wow. a buffet too yeah i don't know about yeah. the one in winnipeg but in europe they have a hot side and then they have like you can buy frozen food oh wow mm -hmm. and it's like their signature blend and they they have this beautiful um cake as well there's like right. almond slizzes on top of it and it's just super chocolatey yeah it has i don't remember the name for it but it's so good sounds insane <laughs> get your furniture IKEA, yeah ikea is quite the experience right like it's the full full-on experience you can even eat there yeah, yeah. It's, like it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because right like we have walmarts right and they have mcdonald's in them but for ikea to be almost it seems like the self-sustaining entity almost mm -hmm. it works for them right yes yeah exactly. <laughs> oh no like yeah it's it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it mm -hmm. Lindsay, when you pick up those pieces and you've got a new one right Mm -hmm. Is it, or you look at something, and sometimes you always have right away. You can see that vision, what color, what you're gonna do with it. Or sometimes it takes a little bit. Does it always come together in your mind first, or sometimes you just put it to the side and say, "Okay, I'm gonna do this one later." Um, both. Okay. So yeah, okay, yeah, there's 
yeah so there's pieces that i can just i i just look at as soon as i see it wherever it is and it's like bam i know what i'm going to do with that and then other times i see a piece and like well that's an awesome piece and i don't know what i'm going to do but i'll it'll come to me right Mm -hmm. and and sometimes it sits there for a little bit in my basement and Mm. eventually it does it does come to you why is that do you think is that because it's like um, then not more complex maybe or more difficult because it's like a different style I don't know um, I'm not sure I think sometimes it just happens because um, I sometimes just want to push myself away from my comfort colors <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which is, is usually what when I see a piece and I'm like oh I know what I'm going to do with that it's usually in one of my go to colors right so yeah if I take if I see a piece that I'm thinking, okay, I want to stretch myself a little bit, that's when I need to think a little bit longer about what to do with it. Mm. Okay, I like that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that because I, I sometimes I'm thinking like sometimes it takes a little bit of time too, right? Mm-hmm. To get there, mm-hmm. uh, who lifts all this stuff for you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do get a bit of help. Yeah. Um, I have been known to carry a nine drawer dresser with, with all the drawers out of them. Um, right. but I've, I've, I've carried those myself outside wow. so I can sand if I'm really impatient. Um, otherwise, you know, I get a yeah. lot of help from my husband and, um, I occasionally get help from family members as well. So I, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful for everyone sort of helping out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no that's good because that's i good, I've, yeah. I've been in situations where i have to move something in my house because we arrange something and yeah. like sometimes it's so heavy lisa can't move it with me because it's just too heavy mm-hmm. so it's interesting right sometimes you can get away with taking the drawers out and sometimes you can't yeah i tend yeah for me i tend to take out all the drawers uh it definitely lightens pieces up significantly mm-hmm. um also like i'm 511 and so i'm i'm not petite and i can you know <laughs> carry my own weight with these pieces as well and awesome. as long as my husband can help me as well i like that did you when you do the coloring right when you pick the mm-hmm. colors for the pieces do you when you go and purchase the colors i guess that's yep. what how it goes do you do you just grab a color sheet first and then you hold it against the piece or do you, or is your imagination and your mind so powerful that it's just like you pick the colors and you know what to do? Uh, well, I, I've started to collect a lot of colors and sort of, so I, you know, I have a shelf full of all my colors and, mm. um, you know, I look, I'll look at inspiration pictures and, and that type of thing and go, okay, yeah, this is, the perfect piece to be navy or white or or whatever right mm. um yeah i don't tend to mix a lot of colors myself or do custom mixes just because like I, I tend to stick with as you can see um a lot of very basic colors that would fit in with people's into people's houses really into right. their their yeah. color schemes yeah i like that the colors are mostly all brighter or if they are darker it's more like a green or and then there's a highlight of a different color with sample 
Mm-hmm. I re- I like that because it's just like when I walk into a house and there's a lot of dark furniture, it's always I, I personally find it's always very depressing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no yeah. colors can can affect us our moods and all that. So yeah, it really helps to have a a good mixture of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't tend towards, you know, blacks. Um I do I do love myself a dark navy though, as I'm yeah. sure sure you see on my mm. Instagram feed. Um and gray's good too, so Yeah, I see that. But you make it work with the accents of another color. I try, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. If if it's all one color and it's dark, it's just kind of feels like especially if it's a a long dress or something, it's like a mm. big heavy box of it's like a black hole right yeah so yeah you make it so classy it's just like so perfect boom right there thanks (laughs) so there's a lot of specific terms for furniture too right such as credenza oh yeah (laughs) what is a credenza uh yeah i mean a credenza is just kind of another word for like a buffet type of thing oh yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, there's a very there's there's a linguistic to it, isn't there? A little bit. Yeah, it's to some degree. Um, yeah, you want to know a bit of your your furniture lingo, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did very you? Thing. Yeah, I think it's a thing. Uh, did the pieces here, for example, this one you you mentioned, it's from Vicol Victoria Royal in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Have you come across like really rare stuff? Is there stuff like like maybe f- imported from Europe way back and still around something like that? Um, I haven't come across a lot of European pieces, and you mm. know what? I think that I think that speaks to the city that we're in. It's you know middle of Canada, and sort of blue collar, or at least back when these pieces were brand new, um, blue collar. So I don't think there was a ton of importing of say true mm. mid-century modern Dutch or sorry, Danish furniture. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably because people just bought their suitcases, right? Potentially. It's, yeah. Yeah. I know people that crossed from Europe and moved here and they just, they went on the boat still before. Right. Yeah, because that's, then the t- that's my grandfather <laughs> on the yeah. boat. Yeah. It took like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's so most of the furniture that i get is made in canada um back in the day it it kind of would have been considered like knockoff furniture it wouldn't have been like mm-hmm. the true danish mid-century furniture right which is you know the real stuff um Oh, that's crazy. Those yeah. Games, eh? Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> that's that's actually where my grandfather's from, too. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Copenhagen's beautiful, by the way. Okay. I've, I've, I've never personally been. but yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, over, over the years, especially now that mid-century modern furniture is so hot, um, you know, the Canadian-made stuff has come into its own and it's not considered like um, the old knockoff stuff (laughs) anymore that it was before so Mm -hmm. yeah it's high quality wood as well right it's hard wood isn't it yeah for the most part it's it's uh it's wood and um even furniture back then there there is uh some pressed wood in some of it um Mm -hmm. covered Mm -hmm. in it's always covered in wood veneer um gotcha and it 
you know, press pressed wood or particle board is I know it's considered like a dirty word, but it's really not like it's still very well made furniture um, that's better, better made than furniture these days in you know, uh, okay. some big box stores you, might, you, yeah. you might know yeah of. oh yeah maybe i do know some yeah but you know it's almost like i bring this back to the first house when you furnish your first house you you start your new life and sometimes you utilize things that you don't buy later on you buy some other stuff then yeah. right mm-hmm like I remember the place I worked at, they uh, back then when I bought the first house, they renovated uh, rooms and it was a hotel. Yeah. And I got my first couch. I got out of the hotel room and it was just fine. You nice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it looked. It was not my style, but it's it it made it work for a little bit. It was a couch. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. It functioned yeah. as a couch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then eventually you you can compose your house how you like it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's how most people start, eh? Mm-hmm. I think so. How long did you do that too, or how did you do it? How did we do it? Um, to be honest, I think we started out buying our own stuff slowly, and then we just kind of made do with what we had. I'm pretty sure we had some hand-me-down stuff, but yeah, mm. it was just it was like a slow accumulation of what we could buy at the time. Like you're right. Yeah. I remember the. Oh, sorry. No, no, like we we took the stuff that we had before. Like I remember I had a futon. Um, Like I had had just purchased a futon. So we used that as a couch in one of the guest rooms as like the hangout area. And like it was just a bunch of stuff that we had from us growing up. And then we just moved it into the house to use. Mm. Wasn't necessarily what it was for, but we used it. I like it. Yeah. I remember when... um... I moved out into this house where we live now and I had this bed frame and it was a solid piece mm-hmm. and I wasn't even thinking about it, but it wouldn't even fit into the master bedroom because it was too narrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I ended up going to, uh, I, I actually went to Bearwood Furniture and mm-hmm. they had, they had nothing really in my price category. And mm-hmm. then she said, I have this piece in the back of the warehouse but all the screws are missing and the lattices, like in the yeah. middle. Yeah. And then I make you a deal. And I said, let's, let's take a look. And it's like this beautiful, um, natural wood, yeah. just like a clear coat on it. And it's just, so all I have to do is get the screws and lay down the lattices myself. And that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was like, otherwise it would have just sit there for another Forever. Well, it probably really. went in the garbage eventually, really. Could have been. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. showroom ready, right? Yeah. No, they just lost the pieces. How does that happen? It, ha- <laughs> it happens more often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah is no, there... That's, that's kind of upcycling, Michael. That's, that's kind of what that is. So yeah, good on you. Yeah. Well, I went to Home Depot and looked for those screws, and I found yeah. something that would work. No, that's it. Exactly. It's, it's making do with what you can find or what you have, yeah. Mm. is there a lot of canadian manufacturers for furniture is that like a trendy thing to do like is it a big um industry um well oddly enough i can't really speak to what's going on now Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) um but 
uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the 60s, 50s, uh, there was a lot of furniture being made, particularly in southern Ontario and uh, a couple little uh, places in Quebec. That mm. they would, it, it was, it was almost like, um, like you know, Thunder Bay is known as like, uh, you know, a mill town as well as yeah. you know the grain uh, elevators at the, at the waterfront, and in these towns, um, it would be like the furniture making capital, blah blah uh, blah, yeah. type of thing. Because there'd be more than one um, factory, furniture factory, yeah. into mm. these towns, so. Or yeah, even, um, like I think we have a couple pieces from. Now I might might be wrong, but it's either Amish or Mennonite communities. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple of those around here as well. Nice. Mm. We have that furniture from yeah. there. Was awesome. ever was there ever uh, a fan manufacturer in Thunder Bay actually who built furniture like that? Uh, Do you guys know it? Maybe. I, can't attest to that i don't not know. that i know of not okay. that i know of interesting just was wondering no it'd yeah. be interesting if there was but again like um we went to the there's that museum near city hall yeah go, we went to a family outing and apparently there was tons of industries here oh wow so mm-hmm. i i can't remember if there's anything about furniture but i know there's like mining and all that fun stuff so hmm. yeah and dinosaurs in that museum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice place. It is. I had another question. The the paint, right? If it's a secret, just say, and I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the like you did this one piece, for example, you have it highlighted here. Uh, what it's uh, Brian's Hutch. Do I pronounce this correctly? Brian's Hutch, maybe. Oh, the Brian's Hutch, yeah. Yeah, Brian's Hitch. See, I, I I butchered this. Now, <laughs> is that you did uh you did the tops a different color, and then you have the natural exposure, and then you have even the metal work on it. Do you do something with the metal work as well? Do you reattach it and clean it, or how do you? I, is that it, new? No, hmm. it's not new. I just I usually clean it up. There's wow various kinds of metal cleaners out there. Um, okay, that you can. You can really work wonders. <laughs> I know. It looks brand new. Thanks. I can't. And the color on it, do you now this is a very there's a very specific line that divides the um mm-hmm. not even in the not even in the center. You did this really good. I like that. How do you paint this on there or is it sprayed on? And how like because I don't know, I'm not really familiar with that. Would it leave marks on it if you paint on it or um, yeah, so I have a few techniques of painting. Either I do um, by hand, which would be with roller or uh, paintbrush, mm-hmm. or occasionally I spray um, paint yeah. um, with a spray gun. Um, for that, that's just a, a case of some, some really good uh, painter's tape. Um, a gotcha. couple little secret techniques, and next thing you know, you have a nice crisp line. Yes, I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, even all this this old vintage hardware is starting to go the way the dinosaurs. Like you can't find these uh, handles or pull tabs anymore because they don't make them anymore. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, oddly enough, if you go online, there is mm-hmm. a 
just a world of hardware (laughs) available. Yeah. Um, But I mean, hardware tends to be uh, focused more towards kitchen cabinets, bathroom cabinets, like that type of thing. So um, when I'm picking out new hardware, I really have to be careful of scale um, to make sure that it will work for a piece of furniture. Yep. Super funny story I have. In my kitchen here, I did replace all the hinges mm-hmm. because they started to like give me really trouble. And Lisa said, okay, Michael. And I said, okay. And then I took the first one out and I looked at it and it was made in West Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it like specifically said made in West Germany. And it was, that was so funny because I was like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> you might know that place. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I thought I could add this to the kitchen story. Okay. Um, did we miss anything? Logan, did you have any other questions? Well, yeah, I was just wondering if you could say, like, uh, you do paint your wood, but what do, you, what do you think about people who love the bare wood look? Like, it's just the raw wood left alone. You mean guys? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I just remember watching TV shows and the one lady um, was on, it was a storage wars or something. And the one lady was her, her whole business model was to buy old furniture and paint them and sell them. Mm-hmm. And then again, he was a man, but he was saying like, oh, why would you paint that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's interesting because there are uh, like very divided people amongst that. It's like to paint or not to paint, really. Yeah, you're right. Mm. There, there's definitely camp uh, bare wood or mm-hmm. or refinished wood, um, and yeah. and camp paint. And um, I guess I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, mm. But uh, but saying that, having said that, uh, it's very it's resurging right now to do. Um, mid-century pieces just refinish the wood basically um, right down to wood that is um, a lot more time consuming and oh really um i i can honestly say that not every piece that i come across would Mm -hmm. have the potential to do that because um these are well-loved pieces from from people's homes and you know sometimes there's there's chips missing and that type of thing that really is not going to lend itself to being refinished to wood right yeah no i got you yeah um i think that they look beautiful when they're refinished as wood pieces Mm -hmm. Um, but I also really like adding color. So (laughs) finding that balance is what I'm after. I think. I gotcha. Yeah. It shows also in your work of, uh, in the work that you do, because you, you, you have pieces that you combine it together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely had thoughts of doing, at least trying a piece where I I refinish it, um, fully wood, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm a little scared of doing that because I think people will, will be really excited about it and want, <laughs> <laughs> want me to do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and um, I'm I'm just a little concerned that you know it's going to be one heck of a labor of love. Uh, I follow a number of, of people on Instagram that do that, and they mm-hmm. do an amazing job but i do think that they have more of a catchment in terms of the furniture that's available to them and gotcha um i think that plays a big factor as well so yeah and also i i also wanted to say that 
the work you do, you are saving furniture as well, right? Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes that furniture maybe would go somewhere where it's not anymore in use and you you still put that second life almost like you give it almost like another first life. Yeah. Where where people can utilize it for another 50, 60, 100 years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. I mean, above all, I I really love the idea of taking something that's old and shabby and sometimes unloved um, and breathing new life into it and sending it on its way to a new mm-hmm. to a new a new life. Right. It's sort of a reincarnation for yep. the piece. Um, and it's ready. You're right. For another 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. And it, it uh, you know, it keeps it out of the landfill if that's the ultimate place where it was going to go. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, these things are super old and already someone has taken the time to build them, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's quality craftsmanship, yeah. right? So it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's funny sometimes um, if I'm doing a commission piece for someone and they come over. Or even when friends come over um, and I, I get excited and I say, oh, come see my new piece. Come see it. Like it's, it's <laughs> not refinished yet. It's in its old shabby state. And um, you know, they'll be like, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, call me when it's refinished. I want, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it at that point. Cause, um, I, yeah, I find a lot of people have a hard time looking past, um, the old shabby exterior and, you know, yeah. the water rings and the scratches and the chewing gum and the, you name it. And, mm-hmm. um, seeing the beautiful piece that it has potential to be. Yeah, you gotta give them the magic eye glasses so mm-hmm. they can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should put they're some. Almost like. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, they're almost like talking pieces, though, too, right? Like, oh, look at this drabby piece of furniture, and you take pictures, and like, oh, now look what I've done with it, right? It's just like totally turned it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's hidden potential, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so nice that you do that. I like it. Thanks. Okay. Uh, if Logan, did you have any other questions, or no, I think, I think Lindsay, so. did we miss it, something yeah. that is very important? No, no. Okay. I don't think so. Then, then I think we should switch it around and do just a little bit of geeky stuff here. <laughs> sure. Like, like our idioms and sayings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I've come. I've come across more sausage sayings, everybody. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Yeah, I'm very excited, but I can wait if somebody wants to go first. That's okay. (laughs) That's pretty good. No, I think you should start. Yeah, please do. More sausage. Okay, good. So I say it first in German, (laughs) and then I, I, I translate it. So there's a certain phrase that says, Sich durchwursteln. Sich Why do you say it's so angry? No, I'm just saying it with a slang, really. <laughs> it just sounds angry. The angry slang. Yeah. And people always think German sounds very angry, but I don't think it 100%. is. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, Michael. I I can say butterfly like schmetterling, but yeah. I can also say schmetterling, which doesn't <laughs> sound so bad. And then I think compared to Russian, Russian too sounds kind of angry too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think German sounds angry. I've I've heard a lot of German 
um, over the past yeah. couple of years in my travels. Um, I mean, I think, Thank you. I think though, sometimes the words sound like um, abrupt. Mm. Right. Okay. But yeah. totally Logan, you're totally like, you didn't get this right. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go. Thank you for that, Lindsay. I'm gonna repeat <laughs> my saying here: "Sich durchwursteln," yeah. and that means to sausage yourself through. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you you are in a very tough spot. For example, uh, maybe you you're thinking about quitting doing your job, yeah. or there's a assignment that you you think you made me you can't do it till tomorrow or you have to have it done by tomorrow and you can't do it but then to get through something to scrape by this uh, is yeah I this see. this means there's actually a term of that with the sausage so interesting just, <laughs> just scraping by yeah and um i think i have one more if you want or we save it for next Go week for that's, it, that's uh-huh. okay you can just go all out with the sausage here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about this, everybody. Now, jemanden eine Extrawurst braten. Oh. Extrawurst. Yeah. I, I, heard, I heard the braten in there for sure. Mm-hmm. That time. Extra, yeah. extra sausage somehow. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Really? It means, and if I translate it word by word in Eng- to English, it means yeah. to fry someone an extra sausage. So is that good? It's usually people that always think they are special or worth oh. something more. They always want to have an extra sausage. I want an I extra see. sausage. So, I want another sausage. Have you ever said that to anyone? Yeah, like my oh. sister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, yeah. yeah. Now, but I mean, like, we, she's like two years older than me, so... There was a lot of fights, and yeah, sometimes you have that opinion of somebody who thinks always wants something more. I got you. So yeah, of course I used that saying. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one that you know I find I I say more often than <laughs> I wish I said, but I I say it is what it is pretty often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever say that? Well, 100%. Yeah. Yep. You just sort yeah, of look. resigned acceptance to to whatever the situation is. and Yeah, just it can't be changed. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I learned that saying, not like just the meaning of it, but also mm-hmm. that going through it in certain situations, that is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm for sometimes even if it's just for a time period and you know afterwards you can change it yeah it is what it is right yes yes i i wonder if the germans would say it's the worst it's the worst (laughs) on that one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but they don't i know that (laughs) logan all right so mine is a can of worms no Looks like so. Basically, it's in a situation where you unbeknowingly make something more difficult. Like if you, well, it's kind of like, oh, well, then he opened up his mouth and then opened up a can of worms and then created a worse situation for himself. Or if you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go fishing, and then something happens along the way, right along the the road, and 
It's like, well, we opened up a can of worms by going down this road or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just making the situation probably worse. <laughs> Does that relate to the box of Pandora at all? Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I can. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Did they just change it? Or is it? Do you, did you oh. look up the origin? I'm trying to find something, but it's not a good one. Okay. Oh, maybe here. I'll try this one. Maybe it's a fisher, fisherman saying. It could be. It probably is. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I can't find anything. There are more, a lot of articles on it, but I don't. No. Okay. All right. I like it. Before we go into the space mm. news of this week, because it's it's there's lots of lots, lots of hap- things happening. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, if you could go to the bottom of the sea or for a day, or and you would be safe, and you could bring a hamburger if you like, uh, but no friends, and then you could <laughs> go, or you could go to the moon. Where would you go and why? Mm. Um. Do I have to choose? <laughs> yes. Can I just give my seat to someone else who would actually want to go to these places? If that's what you wish. <laughs> um, otherwise, I, I don't know. I would maybe just uh, flip a coin because um, either place sounds uh, exciting and terrifying. So doesn't really matter to me. Mm. I like it. <laughs> I think that's the first, Logan. Yeah. Yeah. We never had anybody say, can I give my spot away? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we haven't. No, that's cool. We definitely haven't. Yeah, because I can't go to both. So, yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, if yeah. I think about it, it's it for a lifetime experience, it would be nice to go to both. To both. But yet, no, you're right. Both of them to get there are terrifying. The to go to the moon is incredible amount of G's, um, and it and it takes a while to get to the moon, and then going down to the bottom of the ocean, it's like claustrophobic and takes hours and hours of just black, sheer black, mm-hmm. going down, 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 and you, you just hear your the vessel creaking under the pressure of all the water. Yeah, both are extremely terrifying. Yeah. Okay, Okay. so I want to touch base on can of worms because I actually found something pretty decent. Uh So roughly in the 1950s, what they had done, and this was before plastics and styrofoams uh, were used in bait shops, they sold earthworms in metal cans. Ah. Tin cans. So when you opened it, that's what you had. It couldn't have been sealed, though. The worms wouldn't have, unless they were not live worms. I really don't know. Maybe they were not live worms. Mm. No, it said, like, it says live bait. Oh. Mm. Maybe it said freshly caught worms. Good for one hour. So leaving (laughs) the lid off the container loose is a great way to lose your bait. Given the opportunity to exit, worms will often escape. Uh. And generally made it difficult for them to get back all in the can and replace the lid. Once you've opened a can of them, you've got a problem on your hands, essentially. Yeah, so so how do they get the can- the worms in the can to begin with? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, how did they do that? Logan? Maybe, uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe the I'm worms in... maybe the worms were born in the can. So so what it so that's a good idea. So yeah, this you had to use metal cans. A metal can, and I guess it had lids, but I guess you couldn't seal it back up that easily. So I mean if you dropped your metal can, all the bait would fly out. That's what it seems to be. It's like a beer can? Oh, they say with handles, so I'm assuming almost like a bucket, but I don't don't know. Hmm. Wow, that's a that's a lot of worms. Yeah, I guess if you go for a weekend, it's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what it was about. Hmm. Okay. Um. Did you have anything on on the worms, or do you want me to carry on? Not carry on. That's it. Okay. <laughs> more, that it. more about the worms. <laughs> more worms. Let's keep this going. Scratch. One it. thing our podcast is missing: more worms. More worms. <laughs> okay, I came across this article this week on mm-hmm. Scientific News. Uh, there's Japanese scientists, and they have revived uh, 101.5 million year old microbes. Oh, really? They were actually dormant. Uh huh. Just like they lived around the same time the dinosaurs were living, and they found them in the South Pacific seabed. And the seabed there, the sediment was uh, nutrition wise very poor, but there was enough oxygen to Mm -hmm. breathe. And now they are alive again. Oh, crazy! Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. Yeah, so they were sleeping for over. Like, like, they lived next to the dinosaurs and hang yeah. out with them. Millions and millions of years, yeah. Yeah. They're, like, the ultimate in cryogenesis yeah. without, <laughs> without, without cryogenesis, the cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, but that's a really long time. Like, they missed out yep. on a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's like the water bears, right? The water bears don't eat a whole lot. They can, mm. they can basically go into stasis. So, Forever? Um, yeah, for an extremely long time, yeah. Okay. Maybe so, those are related. Who knows? They, they very well could be, yeah. yeah. Okay, one more time here on Space News. And drums playing. Da, 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 da. We just had liftoff today on mm. NASA's next generation Mars rover. Cool. It lifted off, and they actually used their own Atlas V rocket today. They did, oh, okay. They did this all themselves. And to give you a reminder, this um, rover preservance is also coming with a helicopter, and it's the size of a car, <laughs> like the device. And then it has a mini drone, right, which is a helicopter. That just seems so weird. I don't know. I want to see pictures of those. Yeah. Um, and... It's coated in plutonium. Oh yeah, huh? yeah. And do you know the power source? I've I stumbled More across plutonium? it today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was like, I thought it's all solar, but nope. Got to go with the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they working together with the National nu- Nuclear Security Administration. Yes. Al- yeah. For almost yeah. sixty years. Well, you have to because think of it. You have a, you have a rocket now with a radioactive fuel source on it right yep yep so you could definitely turn that into something and do you know Lindsay, 
maybe you know as well, the what is the longest operating radio isotope power system in space right now? Oh my goodness. Is it the space station? Uh, is, it, is it Voyager maybe? Yes. The space station has been up there for a while, Lindsay, you're right. But I don't think they are, I think it's all solar there. Mm, okay. And uh, Logan had it right, the Voyager 1 and 2. Yeah. And they are still operating 43 years later. Yeah, aren't they oh, yeah, so they're many, somewhere out there, aren't they? Aren't there so many trillions of miles out there or something? Yeah. Now? They are leaving the galaxy, right? Is that what it is? They, or the uh, solar you know, system? A couple months ago. Oh, okay, they, yes, you're right. They just, <laughs> yeah. They crossed out of the solar system. Solar system and galaxy, yeah, those are... <laughs> Those different. are different things. Different things, yes. What? That's why you're on the show, Logan. Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then there was this award. No, Ooh. actually not award, but there's two students in India, uh-huh. and they have been reviewing data from the University of Hawaii. They have a telescope there. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they are 14 years old. There's two yep. girls. Oh, yes. And they work. They are training with Space India, and they found an asteroid that is actually inbound for Earth. Oh, wow. Oh. You stole my article. <laughs> oh, no. You stole it. I stole it. But no, no. This, this, I just yeah. kind of want to make the point. This kind of goes to show when people say we've discovered everything. It's like, look, there's people discovering new things every day. And this is terrifying. <laughs> but still, people are still discovering new things all the mm-hmm. time. You should we should highlight though this is like millions of millions of years away, right? They did this millions m- of years. They did this mathical ma- mass calculation. Yeah. And it would still take a while if it would ever ever collide or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to see where it is. Uh, I'm scrolling, but I it says specifically it's like not tomorrow. definitely not tomorrow and probably not the next day yeah and those two girls they said now that they want to officially name this asteroid because they found it Mm -hmm. right they did this yeah and nasa still has to confirm though first if this is all correct Mm. oh yeah for sure yeah and then hopefully those two students are allowed to name that asteroid because i think that's well deserved 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's super cool, right? Like, again, these are high school students, right? I didn't do that when I was 14 years. Well, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And Lindsay, you were working on furniture. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, some people have different interests, right? Yeah. It's true. Yes. Good for them, though. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, Logan, that's that's. I have a couple more, but I'll let you go first. Okay, so I've uh, I stumbled across this article and I've been jonesing after it ever since I saw it. So the the headline is a sixty foot robot just took its first steps. Okay. So this is this is the largest robot on Earth currently. Mm, does it just is it just legs? Uh, no. Um, it is a torso, arms, uh, hips, and legs. Does, and it's actually set up... What, sorry? I was going to say, does it have a purpose? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Um, <laughs> Good so, question. 
it's actually set up around basically what a rocket would be set up with the kind of like the gantry system that they have, like the scaffolding all around it. Mm. Um, there is a four minute video that goes along it with that's a um, sped up image of it. And basically they just move its legs, um, but it doesn't go anywhere. Um, so basically they've designed this robot off of the popular TV series called Gundam. It's a animated TV show from Japan <laughs> and it's actually made in the Gundam factory in Yokohama, Japan. Ooh, that's, that sounds like tires to me. Like what? Tires. Oh, tires. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yokohama. That's yeah. good tires. But anyways, so what do they say? So currently the robot is residing just outside of Tokyo in the port of Yokohama, where it'll stay for a year, and it's already a technical marvel, and we're incredibly excited to see its full operation. Yeah, so okay. the, the like the fanboy in me is just going crazy for this because this is insane. That's a bit. That's pretty big. It's massive, yeah. Mm. But again, it's... a lot of a lot of construction has been postponed due to the pandemic. Hmm. So is it finished? No. Uh, so from the images, it looks like it's still missing its head. It doesn't, there's a specific design of a head that they have. And currently it looks like it's just like a, a camera piece. Mm. Um, what Lindsay, just imagine how much furniture that guy could carry for you. Yeah. <laughs> it has fully articulated fingers, 24 degrees of freedom. I guess this is the hands and the ability to support its own weight. Wow. Adding to Japan's impressive robotics records. Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is insane. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then so you sabotage the Indian schoolgirls one. Yeah. Uh, this saw... one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So this one was pretty cool. Um, so this is coming from Chernobyl again, our favorite radioactive wasteland. Um, they have discovered a fungi from Chernobyl that could be used as a radiation shield in space. Hmm. So it has its own inbuilt, um, I guess, protection. Yeah, it mutated. Yeah. Or so it maybe has, it had naturally. We don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways, I can't tell from this article, but the interesting thing about this is that it self-replicates and self-heals as well. That is cool. Where did they find it specifically? In, in Chernobyl. In the reactor? Like in... No, no. It, um, let's see. So basically it's just saying that there's black fungi. So I guess you could see it as black mold. And it's just been in around the area. So the Chernobyl nuclear site. So I'm assuming that also means like pure pith and all that fun stuff. Um, so it's interesting that someone looked at that fungi and was like, hmm, I want to know its properties. Yeah. And it's interesting because it has, uh, well, at first they wanted to use it to feed the astronauts in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then again, they did a study on it and then the mold's additional potential as self-replicating radiation shield that can protect future Mars settlers from dangers of space. Um, there was something else really neat here. 
No, it's something like, uh, oh yeah, so the two millimeter thick sample that they have blocked around 2% of the incoming radiation. However, a 21 centimeter thick layer would likely be enough to shield people on Mars. Um, so it doesn't take much. So 21 centimeters is quite thick, but again, it would just be placed on a wall and allowed to just grow. Um, and again, you don't, you don't need a whole lot. You only need a couple grams and it just goes to town. Okay. And just grows and grows. And assuming that it's safe to breathe in or would it be like sort of contained within like a plexiglass type of. So, yeah. So this would be on the outside of a wall and people would be living on the inside as I'm assuming. And it would be just exposed to the elements. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be allowed to live out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's about eight inches. Yeah. Anybody so, so that is significant. Wondering. Yeah, it's not much, really, if you think about it. Well, especially uh, if you think of foliage on a, a wall, like if people allow plants to grow there. Mm. But again, it's like, ooh, black mold. Give me some more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, so this this is actually quite interesting because it's something that is is living in this inhospitable area and is essentially thriving off of it. Well, don't we take most of our best inventions from some sort of natural um, idea source, let's say? Well, yeah. Um, We'll look at the airplane. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of people looking at birds and wishing they could also fly. Mm -hmm. They've always been sort of a source of innovation. Inspiration. Yeah, and that too. Yeah, we look at nature as our um, inspiration and our best foot forward. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. I I remember they they added those um those little feather things on the wings too like out, made out of metal of course but mm-hmm. like the airplanes used to have just flat wings yeah and now they have this little extension that's pointing up and sometimes yeah. it's both ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well they have wind wind turbines that use they make them look like whale fins because they they push water better and then yeah. by pushing water they push wind better as well so, yeah. There's another study where they put um, shark skin, like the mm. texture, how shark skin is um, made mm-hmm. yeah. or the surface. They actually replicated that and put it on an airplane. And then it, oh. was, it was more efficient in the air. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And I think, isn't there, isn't there like a, a stealth, one of the stealth aircrafts, um, mm. it's pretty much shaped like a like a falcon or a hawk or something like that when it's in its like most aerodynamic pose yeah yeah that's right i don't know the words for that one i think it's a stealth bomber but it has some kind of technical name what is it oh yeah Oh, you guys. Can you can you picture what <laughs> I'm picturing right now? Yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. It looks like a triangle or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the B2. There you B2 go. B2 Spirit. And it also has the counterpart, which is the... Uh, it just says Stealth Aircraft. F-117 is like the, the fighter version, but it's smaller. I feel like it should have a more like... Um, I don't know intense name than that well at the time they were building it and it had to be it's like a super secret um project like the story of how they got all the materials for it is fascinating and 
they had to make all these shell companies and buy all the titanium and all this other stuff and couldn't let anyone know what they were doing. It's fascinating. Mm. Mm. They probably had a nickname for it internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody oh. has always their own language. Well, they, yeah, like, like this, the code name, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Or the people who built it, they called it something. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they called it Falcon. Maybe they did. Operation Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Okay. Did you have anything else, Logan? Um, apparently, uh, we now know where all the stone from Stonehenge came from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it was sourced about 25 kilometers away from the actual monument itself. In an area called like wood, Woodland or something like that. Westwoods. Mm. Wessex. No, just kidding. I don't know. No, it's called Westwoods. Yeah. Did you... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was what? just going to say, I mean, so that's relatively close to Stonehenge. It, it, it's... But... Okay. <laughs> but no, so the only thing I'm going to say is like, but um, 25 kilometers and you're holding these enormous boulders. Yeah. And lining them and all that. Right. But I, I feel like people have been on the hunt for where these stones may have come from for quite some time. Like, what quarry did they oh, come sure. from, right? And, yeah. you know, to not even have figured out that <laughs> they came from, you know, 20 kilometers away or whatever, um, oh. which is not really a large search radius uh, for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I guess they call them Sarsens, is, is these giant stones, I guess they call them. Um, they say that stone 26 and stone 160 were to have found from a different and unidentified point of origin. Mm. More than one. So I guess, they, I guess they know where the majority of them came from, but I guess still some are unknown. Yeah. Isn't there an American who took like a piece too and then later on he returned it? I don't know. And then speaking of also of this discovery you made there, Logan, through yeah. the interwebs, interwebs. There, was an, there was another article I read about two, three weeks ago mm-hmm. that they actually found um, the whole structure underneath, there's mm-hmm. more things oh, yeah. going on, right? There's yeah. a, another two or three circles. There's more going on. Well, they theorized that there was more and it was actually wider than it is now. Yeah, but I think they like. I think they found it. Like there was an article where they had this. They scanned it, mm-hmm. whatever. However, they did this, and it was laid out. This is how it looked like. Oh, it could be. It very well could be. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Lindsay, have you been there? I have not been to Stonehenge. No. Okay. I've not been been to England. Oh. I've danced around everywhere else except. Except England and Scotland, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, at well, one they, day, one day I'd like to get there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Do, they do like their tea there. Mm-hmm. So we've heard. Yeah, they have very nice tea. <laughs> have you been there? Yeah, my parents sent me on uh, a language course for English when I was so good in school. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, they said, okay, you're going to go to, um, 
Where was I? I was in Bristol for six weeks. Oh, wow. And, and I lived there with, like, and there was enough, there was a lot of international students, and I didn't know anybody. There was Italians, French people, and then you had to speak English to talk to anybody, right? So that's how it happens. So you immersed yourself and came out the other side and... Yeah, tr- I did. A true wizard of the English language. <laughs> nah, no, but you, we actually learned British English first in school, you know? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah for the first couple of years and then you go to the American English and that's when, when it really starts. <laughs> it's when the real game begins. Eh? <laughs> yeah. And then you leveled up to Canadian English. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that took me a while and I'm still not there. But it, it gets there slowly. <laughs> yes, Canadian English. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if I told this before, Lindsay, when my first, one of my first jobs here in Thunder Bay, I was working in the hospitality business. Okay. And uh, I, there was this other guy, he just came across from Ireland mm-hmm. and he had a really thick Irish accent and I had a really thick German accent. And then we were assigned the same shift, mm-hmm. working together, taking care of a guest room, a supporter or whatever. And I did not know what he was saying, and I think he did not know what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could very well be true. Uh, but, uh, but you know, when I think I was, we went once to Sweden, I think, mm-hmm. or we were somewhere else in Europe, and we stayed at a hotel, and there was somebody from Sweden, and we didn't speak the language. And there were two other kids, and we played foosball, like this soccer on the table. Nice. Yeah. Yes, I love foosball. Oh, I love that game too. And, you know, I did not speak their language, and they didn't speak my language, but we, we played together, and it was just the best time ever. And I knew what they were saying through mm-hmm. their emotions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very special, that feeling. Okay. Uh, I think we are a little bit over the hour here. I think we are we, we, we're done for tonight, I think. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on your show, guys. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you for being here. Yes, I, I, I love what you're doing, Lindsay. And if you want to do... I know you mentioned you're available on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do a quick shout-out where you are all present and people can find you and reach you. Yeah, um, Instagram is a great way to reach me. Uh, you can also reach me on Facebook. Um, just look for Indigo Lake House and you'll find me. Um, pretty good at answering right away. So, oh, nice. Yeah, I love being engaged with people who are interested in my stuff. It's, it's really uplifting. It is. I always like that about people too that are like you, you can reach them. Mm hmm. And they take, they like, they value you in a, in a way, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Today, for the first time, Logan, I don't know if you saw that, but I posted mm. a story for Us by the Giant. And I, I like, I tagged the international, no, the European Space Agency in a post on this story where we uh, posted some sun pictures mm-hmm. because of that uh, orbiter. Right. And, and they actually sent us a message, Logan. Oh, cool. They sent us back. Uh, Thank you so much for bringing awareness of to that. Something like that. That's super cool. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like for the first time, actually, one of those space. We got a space answer from somebody. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. 
Big moment. Fun. Yeah, it was awesome because NASA hasn't done that yet. Or <laughs> SpaceX, I'm looking at you. <laughs> patience, patience. It's true. But I, I find it so funny that they did this. It's amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. Okay. I wish everybody a good night. Lindsay, thank you so much again for being on the show. And I wish you all the very best. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was great talking to you. Same. Bye, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, everybody.